sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. It is time. It is time for another episode of Green and Growing. Hey, live in the studio, it's Ashley Frasca here. Very good to be along with you on a Saturday morning, a very chilly Saturday morning. The cold temperatures are really making it difficult to get out of bed early. And I do that six mornings a week, so it's getting harder and harder. I can't wait until spring. I can't wait until a warm-up. Already thinking ahead for the Green and Growing show calendar. I put a lot of work into the show and try to really plan ahead and have some fun things coming up for you in the spring. This will be my second spring um, of the show. So I did a lot last year, but I hope to do even more this year. We have the great backyard bird count uh, that Cornell University puts on, uh, I think internationally, but nationwide at least. So we're going to definitely talk about that in February. If you've got good bird seed out, you're attracting a lot of good birds right now. They're just really, really stocking up still to make it through these cold months. So the Great Backyard Bird Count, when you take 15 minutes to count uh, the birds at your feeder and notate the different kinds, the different varieties that you're getting. So I'll definitely give you a couple of easy books that you can have on hand to kind of look those guys up. And it is time to start thinking about lawn care and preparing for a nice spring lawn. So University of Georgia, Clint Waltz, a turf grass expert, will be joining me in February as well. We want to get you off to the right start and have you start preparing properly to do your lawn, whether it's putting a pre-emergent down, which is a a herbicide that's going to kill any weed before it germinates, so you'll at least cut down on the population of summer annual weeds that you have, maybe even by half, with a properly timed application of pre-emergent. And then something new that my attention was brought to this February that I didn't know about last February when the show started was National Invasive Species Awareness Week. And you think, oh, I don't like bugs. I don't care about bugs. I don't even want to want to deal with those. But National Invasive Species, that's so important for folks in the industry to be aware of and keep up with. But with us as homeowners or even just people out in parks, you know, you enjoy being in the outdoors. It's very... Um, I really think it's a responsibility of ours to kind of be aware of what we're looking out for. You know, you, you get bolos for the most wanted uh, by law enforcement, and there are actually campaigns in certain states, billboards and everything, that they're asking people to be on the lookout for this particular bug or the damage that it does. And you're really talking about a disruption to an entire ecosystem when they're able to track where these bugs and these invasive species come from and the damage that they do. Um, I'm doing a lot of webinars right now, virtual webinars, which I'm really having a blast. 99% of them are free. Uh, They're put on by different groups, whether it's Clemson University or the University of Georgia's put out a lot. Cherokee County Master Gardeners, North Fulton uh, Master Gardeners, they're going to start doing series in the spring. But uh, there were two this week, and they're both hosted by Dr. David Coyle of Clemson University, and you've definitely heard him on this show a couple of times. And he talked a lot about uh, two in particular invasive species that folks are worried about in the Carolinas, but that doesn't mean that Georgia is not starting to get impacted. I think Florida is one of maybe the last states, you know, to to get impacted sometimes or one of the slowest. Um, Ohio, Pennsylvania, emerald ash borer is one and the Asian longhorn beetle is another. And the destruction that these bugs that are not native uh, to the to the United States and to North America, the destruction that they do 
really is just it's it's sad it it depletes trees acres and acres at a time and all of that and even um Chuck Lavelle who is a celebrity gardener you know pianist and keyboardist for the Rolling Stones and so many other bands I mean he made us aware of a of a pine beetle as well and just the destruction that they do so very interesting what people know about those different things and then also coming up in March just more webinars and things I want to make you aware of because if you're just sitting at home and you're playing on your phone, why not use that time purposefully, take an hour to to learn something. And hopefully the uh, Atlanta Dogwood Festival, fingers crossed, we'll have that this spring because there's a lot that I want to do with that. So in your calls, as always, today, 404-872-0750 is the number to be on Green and Growing. It doesn't even have to be a question um, because I know that I cannot answer all questions that you have. But if you want to share something with us, we can learn together something you've tried and, and been successful with, or maybe not. We can kind of put our heads together and see what the problem may be there. But today, planning ahead to the spring, but let's get through today. Let's get through 9 a.m. today. Taking your garden calls, of course. Walter Reeves joins us at 6.30 at the bottom of the hour. Shrub transplanting. Um, it, it does warm up a little bit enough in the afternoons, maybe the low to mid 50s, where it actually feels pretty decent and you can tolerate being outside. So this is the time of year to plant new trees and shrubs and give them time to get established. Uh, there's no heat to stress the roots or anything. The roots can just slowly acclimate to a new spot. So logic would have it that if it's a good time to plant trees and shrubs, newly established ones, it's a good time to transplant things that are already established. They've got that good root system, and you're just going to move them. So instead of just, you know, when you're rethinking your landscape, there could always be a possibility. Instead of just ripping something out and you want to replace it, maybe there's an opportunity to move it. And in the long run, you're going to save yourself some money if you're able to move something from one place to another and you're alleviating a bare spot that you've got. So shrub transplanting, pretty important thing to do this time of year. Walter will give you the reasons why and the best ways to do it. And you probably need a little help depending on the shrub or even the tree that you're going to be moving. It, it may be better to have uh, some extra manpower there. So then 7.30, I'm really excited about 7.30 to 9, the last half of the show, Joe Lample. Many of you know him as Joe Gardner. He has the Joe Gardner brand uh, he's written books. He is host of Growing a Greener World on public broadcasting podcasts, um, online educational seminars, uh, classes you can take. So Joe Gardner, Joe Lample, who is local here to the metro Atlanta area, but his show is seen nationwide, I believe now, all 50 states. He's going to join us from 730 to 9. I really want to pick his brain about seed starting. And he has a master seed starting class that he offers online and I really benefited from that a lot last year. Last year was my first year ever starting seed uh, to, you know, have your own plants to put out in the vegetable garden. So I want to get you off on the right foot, give you a few weeks notice so you'll listen to Joe today. Hopefully it'll get you excited and really inspired to go ahead and get all the materials that you need. And I'll be sharing that online, too. On the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, when you search that on Facebook, I'll be sharing a very easy checklist. Uh, and I ran it by Joe, and he said, yep, looks good. That should be everything folks need to get started. Sharing a checklist with you so you can go ahead and arm yourself with the right things, the right materials to be successful, and you're not scrambling around at the last minute. You've got everything ready to go in your garage or your kitchen workspace or wherever you're going to be starting seeds. So we'll talk about that 
Um, and I want to pick Joe's brain about a few other things too, but you're certainly welcome to call and he and I will field any kind of questions as well. 404-872-0750. And Pike Nursery is going to be along at the uh, at the very end of the show at 830 to share with us what the plant is that they are featuring for the weekend. And I'll go ahead and tell you because I've, I've definitely promoted it a little bit on social media, but it's going to be roses. Really excited about roses, and that counts as a shrub, so that's something that could easily be planted right now. And when you go into the nursery, they're dormant, right? They just look a little twiggy. That's okay. That's what they're supposed to look like. Um, so Pike Nursery is doing a Rose a Day giveaway to kind of coincide with us talking about roses, and it goes through tomorrow. It's already been happening. If you follow me on social media, you knew that a few days ago. But today and tomorrow are the last days of the Rose a Day giveaway. It's your chance to win a, a rose bush that they feature for that day. And it's actually a pretty neat little giveaway. So there are some things you have to do on Instagram in order to enter yourself for that. Um, so check them out on Instagram. Just search at Pike Nurseries and you're going to find that account. And you could win a rose bush and just in time for Valentine's Day too. Wouldn't it be nice to have that already in the ground and planted and ready to go before Valentine's Day and in the spring, you'll be able to get your nice, your your own fresh cut roses right from the plant. So, and of course, as always during the show, come up with the uh, garden to do list, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, and that really kind of gives you just a very easy base to start with, so you don't feel overwhelmed. I know a lot of you are looking at your winter landscape right now, and it just seems so hopeless. It seems like, what am I going to do, or when do I have time to get to this? There, there is a lot to do. Uh, before the springtime, so always try to do that. And I definitely have an extra bonus tip of things to do this weekend, and that is brought to us by last week's celebrity gardener, Chick-fil-A's Dan Cathy. I love that he is a very, very avid gardener and even had some advice that he wanted to share with all of us as well, something timely to do in the landscape. So even though we uh, talked to Dan Cathy last week, you'll still hear from him this week. So this is funny. On on social media, on Facebook, on the Green and Growing Facebook page, I posted a purple dinner that I made. I don't know if any of you saw that. I made shepherd's pie. I was really looking forward to shepherd's pie. I have this great recipe from a, a high school friend of mine for shepherd's pie. And you top it with mashed potatoes. And my husband's a huge, just every kind of starch imaginable, huge mashed potato, any kind of potato fan. Um, but I think it looks a little boring with just the white yellow mashed potatoes on the top. So I grew uh, sweet potatoes, purple sweet potatoes or yams rather, uh, started them in a pot on the deck, cultivated them, gosh, I think, or harvested them. I don't even remember when that was, maybe September, October. And I have I've stored them properly in the pantry and all that, held on to those guys for just the right time. So you should see my shepherd's pie. It, it looks like purple Play-Doh on the top of it, but it is legit uh, yams, purple yams. And ube, I think, is the particular name of this yam. There's also Okinawan sweet potatoes, and a lot of folks online thought it was that. Uh, but the flesh is a little bit different color. So based on the research I've done and, and the folks that gave me this particular potato to start back in the spring, um, definitely called ube. So you've got to go on there and look. I really freaked people out fixing a purple dinner. That's not a common color for your uh, dinnertime meals at all. But it tasted just like a regular sweet potato. No need to be alarmed. It wasn't orange. Um, it was purple. It was, it was funny. So I had fun with that this week. If you fixed any weird things, I want to hear about it. Any, you know, rare spice that you've grown or herb or something like that, and you used it in a dish and it actually turned out okay, let me know. 
404-872-0750. We're going to take a break, check traffic and weather, and we'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. I'm Ashley Frasca, and you're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. Thirty-six degrees on Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. We're broadcasting live this morning, green and growing from the WSB Radio Studios, and hope that you'll be a part of the show. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. A weather update for your weekend weather. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today is going to be the best day to get out. Fifty-seven degrees for the high. Mostly sunny and lows only around 30. I say only around 38. That's still cold, but it's not below freezing. Uh, it's going to cloud over tomorrow. You have a chance of some showers at night, but I think it should stay dry throughout most of the day. High of 51 and lows around the mid-40s and rain comes into the forecast on Monday. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So a couple of weeks ago on the to-do list was compost, right? And keeping that compost pile turned. You don't have to do it too often, but also making sure it stays moist with which the amount of rain we've gotten should be sufficient. Well, now some of that compost that's broken down really, really well, work that and other organic matter into the soil now. So that's going to help you improve drainage, texture, and fertility of the soil. And you're getting those garden beds ready ahead of spring planting. If using manure, that should have been left for six months to a year before you use that. Make sure you know the source, you know where it came from, and all of that. But I don't think it's recommended to just go ahead and throw fresh manure into beds, especially where you're going to be doing uh, edibles, you know, vegetables. Uh, Number two, As Walter and I are going to talk about, now is a great time to move trees and shrubs. Dig up as much of the root ball as you can. Have the new hole dug before you dig out the plant that you're moving. I think he's he's told us before, and we're going to go over all of this, but maybe like 30 minutes at most is all that you want that tree or that shrub out of the dirt before you really get it tucked back in its new home. Um, And don't amend the new hole. Uh, I first heard that from Joe Lample, who's going to be my guest in an hour, and great reasons why. And Walter's, of course, on board with that explanation, too. Don't amend the new hole. We will explain that here in about 10 minutes. Number three, uh, plant burying bushes now. Things like hollies, beautyberry, winterberry, those are all things to consider. Plant them now. You're going to love the foliage throughout the year. And then, of course, the berries in the wintertime. And last week's celebrity gardener, Chick-fil-A's CEO, Dan Cathy, has a bonus tip. One of the important things right now to do is to make sure that we've pruned back all of our blackberries. We've taken out all the old canes. Uh, Now's the time to do that. Now's the time to do that for even blueberries as well, is to keep those pruned back so that we'll have a nice crop the next year. I love that. I think that's a great tip. Thank you so much to Mr. Kathy for weighing in there. And yeah, blueberries, like my blueberry bushes held onto their leaves for for quite a while. I mean, they're just now kind of starting to fall off. So I can at least see where some of the older canes are, start to cut those back a little bit. All right, coming up on 628, we're going to check news, weather and traffic. And we'll be back at the bottom of the hour with Walter Wonders. All of that and more coming up on Green and Growing on WSB.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. My mind is going in so many different directions. There's so much that I want to talk to you about this morning. We are back on Green and Growing. We're going to be talking about starting seed and planting your own vegetable plants in the spring. You're going to be so proud. Talking about roses, talking about all kinds of things on the show today. Uh, Purple sweet potatoes, yams, that's kind of out there, but we're talking about that too. Uh, But now, Walter Reeves is on hold. He's on the line right now. We're going to do Walter Wonders. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG garden guru, Walter Reeves. Live every Saturday morning right here on Green and Growing, you still get your taste of Walter Reeves with Walter Wonders. And here he is. Hey, good morning, friend. Some Saturday mornings less live than other Saturday mornings. I'm live this morning. This morning, I promise you, live, I'm here. <laughs> live and living color. Not in the studio, unfortunately, but, you know, who knows? One day. One day, maybe. Right. I, I, th- I think fortunately would be the word I would use. You be in the studio at 6 a.m., I be in the bed at 6 a.m., just perfect. Finishing off that cereal. I know your routine. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, so what I wanted to ask you about this Saturday is a winter task that, you know, maybe contrary to what logic would tell folks they shouldn't be doing. It's a great time, actually, to be doing this winter task. Um, and it's going to take some, you know, all hands on deck, maybe the whole family. If folks need to transplant shrubs, there's multiple reasons Ooh, why. Yeah. You know, maybe last year, last spring, we noticed our azaleas just weren't as happy or didn't put out as many blooms as they should have. Or maybe we're thinking about moving around some foundation hedges or just replacing them and you don't want to let the other ones die, so you're putting them somewhere else. Gardenia, maybe not you know, in the right spot. So any shrub transplanting uh, to be done now, give us kind of the 411 on, on how we do that and why this time of year. I had the same story of why to transplant shrubs. My neighbor across the street's house had a fire, and they're going to oh. knock down the house completely. But he had a bunch of nice shrubs in front of the house. He had uh, oak leaf hydrangeas, uh, camellia, uh, some hellebores, and other things that needed to be moved if he wanted to save them. My neighbor down the street, two houses down, said, you know, I would love that hydrangea. Can you show me how to dig it up, Walter? And so we were digging earlier this week those shrubs out of the ground. And I can tell you what we did, and I think it's perfectly appropriate for anyone else. And you're right, this is. Even though it's not really warm right now, it's still a great time to transplant shrubs. The best time might be back in September, October, November. But even then, any time of the year when it's cold, if you can uh, move the shrubs in, you'll have success, I think. Why is that? Because I think the most important thing to consider in transplanting is, you know, take the roots into consideration. Yeah, do they yeah. Do they like the cold dirt? Well, not necessarily, but the main thing is because there's not much demand for water. Ah. And so if you're moving a, an evergreen plant like a camellia or if you're moving a deciduous plant like uh, oak leaf hydrangea, there's not any demand for water in the wintertime. It's just not warm enough. There's no you know, hot 90-degree days or anything like that. So still, the wintertime is a good time. Even though the soil is cold, if it's not frozen, you can transplant shrubs. So save yourself the time. Do it right. From the beginning, I know you're probably just itching to get out there and just start digging that thing up and maybe cutting it back just ever so slightly, you know, as to be careful with it when you move it. But you want to dig that new hole first, right? Exactly. I was going to say that and you already took it out of my mouth. Dig the new hole, the new spot first and get it ready because the best thing you can do is to drink the plant so it's only out of the soil 
out of the out of the original spot for less than 15 minutes, 20, 30 minutes is fine. But get them in from one place to the new place as quickly as you can. Spray the roots so you keep them moist and make sure that the shrub doesn't dry out. But in a new place, it'll be great. It'll be ha- happy and healthy. And we can keep some of that soil around the original root ball, right? And then just backfill yeah. the rest of the hole with the dirt we just dug out. Exactly, exactly. You don't need to use pre-packaged shrub planting soil or anything like that. Just use the, shrub, use the soil that you took out of the hole to begin with. The way we did it, the way we moved the hydrangea in particular, it was about four, I guess, feet tall. And so we went out from the trunk about a foot and a half and dug a trench around it, a little trench about uh, six inches deep. And then took a shovel. I love this long handle or a plumber shovel or a ditch digging shovel there's a long blade on it and so at the bottom of this little trench we stuck it in as hard as we could and we pushed it further than that <laughs> we t- stuck the shovel underneath the hydrangea and aimed for a spot about 12 to 15 inches I guess below the soil line below the trunk itself and went all the way around the plant we had the trench of course first and then we went all the way around the plant sticking that shovel in as far as we could and when we did that all the way around the plant, then we started rocking, rocking, rocking the plant. One kid would, who was helping me, would pull it on one side and I'd push the shovel in and I'd find some roots there. I'd sever the roots, sever the other roots, sever the other roots. And finally, when we finished, we had a root ball about, I guess it was about two feet in diameter when it was finished. And me, well, I could say the kids under my supervision lifted it up out of the ground and we put it on a tarp, drug it to the neighbor's yeah. house down the street. And they put it in the new place they'd already, already dug up. Nice. That you, you make it sound really easy, but how long total oh. did all of that take? <laughs> okay, it took an hour. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It took a while. It took a while. But the neighbor then gets a fully grown oak leaf hydrangea for free. And if you tried to buy one like that at a nursery at Pike or something, she'd pay $100 for something that big. And it's going to a new home that's going to love it and care yeah. for it. Yeah, it's better yeah. than being knocked down by the by the bulldozer with the house gets torn down across the street. Gosh. Sure. So, so I alluded to this just a moment ago. Um, you know, maybe snipping the longer branches back a little bit, or taking out yeah. some dead branches that may just be brittle and not make the move, anyways. But I've hammered this home, Walter, in my garden to do list over the last couple of weeks too. Now is not the time to prune some of the things we've been talking about, like the spring flowering uh, azaleas and hydrangeas right. and things like that. Is it dangerous, though, to cut it back a little bit just for the sake of transplanting it, and then maybe you're just going to miss out on some flowers? Yeah, some of the long limbs that are in our faces we dug, we cut those off and shortened them down about half, I think. But I wanted to leave as many untouched short limbs as I possibly could because the direction of how to grow new roots on a plant comes from the hormones. It's the buds, the tips of branches put out. And if I cut all the branches down, if I cut all the branches off, then no buds would be there. And they would be, the roots would be undirected. They wouldn't have anybody to tell them what to do. So I say the long ones that are in our face, they came off, but the short ones that were in the hydrangeas, they stayed on because I wanted them to do the direction of where the roots should grow. Good. All right. And and I guess one final step, once that's happy in its new home, you know, patting down the dirt, making sure there's no air pockets yeah, in the new place. Right. And what's the watering regimen? Is it different from if it had just stayed in place? I think not particularly if it stayed in place. It was mature in the place that we never watered it across the street. When my neighbor and I were out in front talking about things, we would never water that hydrangea. But in the new place, watering it first when you transplant, of course, keeps the roots moist. 
And then every week or two during the wintertime, I think it'll be fine. If it didn't rain, of course, it's going to rain a lot. So we usually don't worry about watering in the wintertime. But then as the summer comes, as June approaches, then we start looking at the leaves. They will emerge in May, of course, April, May. As, as the leaves get droopy a little bit on the ends, that's when you water it again. You just look at the, look at the plant and tell you when it needs to be watered. And one more quick thing. A couple of weeks ago, I had Brandon, a caller from Augusta, call in talking about transplanting maybe a five to seven foot uh, magnolia tree. And I know we're talking about shrubs here, but does the advice hold true just the same for trees this time of year as it would for shrubs? Yeah, same deal, same deal. Try to get as many roots as you can. Don't worry about the size of the soil ball. If all the soil drops off the roots, that's fine. You just want to get as many roots as you possibly can. Keep them moist, put them in a new, well-prepared bed. And that goes true for shrubs or trees, both of them just fine. All right, Walter, if anybody missed any little bit of this that they may want to go back and listen just to kind of give themselves some reassurance before they undertake the task of uh, moving some shrubs, what can they find on your website? Well, if they type the word shrub transplanting, (laughs) if they type shrub transplanting into the search line on my website, walterreeves.com, well, they would come to the very spot that I took all these tips from. WalterReeves.com and Walter Reeves right here every Saturday morning for you at 6.30. I appreciate your time, friend. I will see you next Saturday. All right. Always love hearing from our friend Walter, still part of the show, hosted the Lawn and Garden Show right here on this very station for 26 years. And I think February 2nd is, I think, I can't believe I'd forget that day. February 2nd is my anniversary Uh, for one year on the air. So next Saturday, it'll be pretty close, January 30th. I think that's about as close as I'm going to get to my anniversary. I really want to look back on the calendar because I think that that's right. Couldn't have done it without Walter's help, though. Oh, February 1st. Yeah, February 1st was a Saturday last year. Uh, Walter helped so much with with management and prodding me along and and getting me ready to do this. So uh, here we are. And And I have fun. And I do my best, and I research a lot, and I read a lot, and I'm trying to learn. And I learn so much from all of you, so I always want you to feel like you can call and weigh in and share things. You don't necessarily have to have a question. 404-872-0750. But Bill in Brazelton, he did call with a question, and we're going to get it answered right here now on Green and Growing. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning, Ashley. What's going on? Uh what I was calling about is uh, I've been wanting to put in some black raspberries, not not blackberries, but black raspberries. But everything I've read in the uh, publications kind of indicate this is not the best area of the country for them. But I'm wondering if you've heard of anybody who's had success with them here in the Atlanta, nor- northeast Atlanta area, uh, where I can uh, buy them at a good location that has quality plants and what uh, if there's any additives I need, if, if there's anything I need to stay away from, like some of the things I've read said, well, don't plant this close to that. Cause they, they, they don't, uh, they may have diseases for each other, but what can you tell me about black raspberries? You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Bill. I don't know a whole lot. I know a little bit about some of the types of just regular raspberries that do okay here. Um, but I, I don't know each and every variety. I've just heard the names of like Cumberland, and heritage, um, I think black jewel black or black jewel is one. So that <laughs> that may very well be a black raspberry variety. I'm not even sure. Um, mm-hmm. Just knowing the difference too between which ones are trailing and which ones are you know more upright. Um, but no, if if anybody does know or has had success at Brazelton, so you're like Northeast Georgia, right? Right. 
Huh. I'm going to write that down because I want to do a little more research. Now, what is it about the black raspberry that attracts you so much? Well, if you've ever had a chance to eat any, they, they grow very well up north. They are the sweetest berry around. Wow. Uh, unlike a blackberry, the, the normal southern blackberry can be very tart uh, by itself. But you can eat black raspberries. They're almost like candy. They're just so sweet. And they have such a, a distinct flavor. But, again, I, I'm just, I've been here 40 years. I haven't seen uh, much of any around. I'm wondering if I'd like to buy some and set up a, a test uh, of them. I just need no kind of where to get them. I don't know any, I don't know what pikes carry something like that, or uh, is there some place here in the Atlanta area that uh, specializes in cane type berries and stuff like that? Not that I know of, but, but I do know, you know, different regions of the state are going to have different varieties for you. And pike, you know, is pretty much located to the Metro Atlanta area. You're, you're kind of far out. What is that? Jackson County. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me check. I'm going to, I'm going to get in touch with their marketing person and see if she can tell me the specific varieties that, that they've got of raspberries in stock right now. Um, okay. I'm going to put you back on hold and let you talk to DeMarco and give him your um, email address because I do want to follow up on this. I want to know a little more. In the meantime, I would do a little bit of research on Cumberland on that variety. Um, it's one of the oldest cultivars of raspberries. Cumberland, I think it's a black type. And Jewel Black or Black Jewel, I'm not even... Positive. I mean, I, I'm just guessing from the name that that may be a variety, too. They're listed in publications from the University of Georgia Extension, so that would almost lead me to believe that there are parts of Georgia that are going to tolerate those. Um, and then getting in touch with your county extension agent there in Jackson County, they may actually, you know, already have some varieties that are known to, to grow with some success in your area. So 1-800-ASK-UGA-1. 1-800-ASK-UGA-1. And the number one is going to get you in touch with your local county extension agent. And they will know a lot more about those things and about your uh, part of the state more than me. But, Bill, thank you very much. I do want to do a little more research on that because uh, I want to get you those raspberries. They they sound amazing. And you'll grow enough to share with others and maybe me one day. Uh, thanks so much for the call. All right, Tammy and Brazelton is going to be up next. Question about a lavender plant. 404-872-0750 is the way you can get on green and growing. We'll be right back after this. You want to know how to plan the weekend if you're just getting up and going and you didn't pay attention all week? We've got your weather update right now, sponsored by Finley Roofing. Today's going to be beautiful. If you have anything you need to do outside or your kids' sporting games or activities or whatever, today's going to be pretty. It's going to get almost up to 60 degrees. It's going to be sunny, a low of 38, no chance of rain. Tomorrow, a 20% chance of showers, most of that chance coming after dark. It's going to be cloudy, though. Overcast tomorrow, high of 51 and low of 45. Some good questions here. 404-872-0750. Up next, Tammy in Brazelton. Hey, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Great. How's it going? Good. Um, so I have this large 30-gallon pot on my back deck um, that I sort of just keep soil in. And a neighbor had this old plant that was just completely dead, but I really loved the pot. So I sort of dumped the plant on top of this big um, 30-gallon planter. And it grew into this out-of-control lavender plant. (laughs) 
and it's very thin and very long and just looks like a big spider and it's just a mess. Um, but I do want to save the plant. So can I cut it back significantly and put it into a pot or can I cut it back and plant it into the front yard? Um, and when should I do that? So it's going to be okay in the pot, but if you do want to move it outside, that's going to be fine too. A lot of gardeners recommend kind of mounding it if you're going to plant lavender in the ground, keeping it a little more, you know, above ground because it really, really, really needs good drainage. So that's very important. Um, Full sun, very well-drained soil, two of those things you're going to be very successful with most types of lavenders. And then it is going to need a little protection in the wintertime, or you can just put it back in the pot um, if that's the case, Tammy. And pruning, it, it's really recommended to prune after it's done flowering. Um, so you want to do that like maybe summertime or whatever. But wintertime, you certainly can prune back. You, you certainly can. You want to get good airflow through the plant, make sure it's not freezing on the inside or anything like that. But if you can at least maybe wait to cut back the stems by about a third, that's a pretty big size reduction, taking it back by 30%. Best done when it's done flowering for the season. So uh, send us a picture. Let us know how it turns out. We've got Stephen in Lilburn, Wendy in Mableton, and more calls coming up on Green and Growing on WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.